0: Kiddo, did you get your home insurance yet? Hippo? Why didn't you go with what we have? Outdated? Ridiculous. Our policy covers pewter, dishware, stock certificates, furs. Most home insurance policies are painfully outdated. Hippo is different, with more coverage for the things you actually have today. And Hippo can cost up to 25% less. I hear pewter's making a comeback. Visit myhippo.com to get a quote in 60 seconds. Hippo is a licensed property casualty insurance agent with products underwritten by various insurance companies. Covered subject to underwriting qualifications. Savings vary. Hello and welcome into a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host TJ McBride of Mile High Sports. You can find all of my work over at milehighsports.com under that Nuggets tab. Um, You can also find all of my work over at my Twitter page at TJ McBride NBA. The Nuggets just got finished up uh, yesterday thrashing the Los Angeles Lakers 117-85, to 85, and there was so much to unpack from this game. The Nuggets' defense was incredible once again. They had three players with 20 or more points. Offensively, things were clicking. The bench was great. The starters were great. Top to bottom, this may have been the Nuggets' best complete game they have played all year. They were just, I mean... There aren't enough amazing adjectives to use or emphatic adjectives to use to describe really how dominant this game was for the Nuggets. And we'll talk about how this was the most complete win of the year in a bit. Um, We'll also talk about Malik Beasley setting his career high and how I want to just take time to talk about how hard he's worked, how he's bought into his role, and how much effort he's put into becoming the player that he is right now, including some things that Paul Millsap had to say about him after the game. Um... Thinking of Paul Millsap, his offense has just been out of this world recently. He has been as strong as anybody offensively in the league, and he's doing it without playing very many minutes. Matt Moore of the Action Network ta- um, pointed out today on Twitter that Millsap is not playing that many minutes, which is great because he's getting rest before the season really gets going once you get into January, February, and March, so... We'll talk about Millsap and his game. We'll talk about Gary Harris sitting out for a second time and explain why there's not much to worry about and why it makes a lot of sense for Gary Harris to sit out the past two games. Um, And then we'll also talk about the Nuggets' just ridiculous depth. I mean, when you have Gary Harris and Will Barton out and Isaiah Thomas and Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt all not – available to play right now, and they're still able to come out here and just thrash this Lakers team by 30 points. It really speaks to the depth and the, the gems that uh, Tim Connolly has been able to find later in the draft. So we'll definitely get into their depth, and then we'll talk about this four-game winning streak, because the Nuggets are playing some of the best basketball that this core has ever played together, and they haven't even remotely touched their ceiling yet. And I think that's the most exciting part about this, is how much better the Nuggets can get. Um, we'll also t- talk about the five-game road trip upcoming, as well as answer some twitter questions but before we dive into all that let me give you a quick word from our sponsors All right, so the Nuggets overall probably had their greatest top-to-bottom performance of the year against the Los Angeles Lakers. Their offense was clicking and humming and just scoring at will. They were getting whatever look they wanted and were scoring in bunches. Their defense came to play and was hyperactive for 48 minutes. Their starters finally in unison had a very good game, you know, outside of Nikola Jokic struggling to score from the field and Jamal Murray, you know, being a little bit inefficient. But other than those two things, I mean, the Nuggets starting unit was just clicking and then as usual for most of the season that's been this way the Nuggets bench unit was just on fire as well top to bottom this Nuggets team was just absurd I mean when you look at the advanced stats from this game the Nuggets had a 118.2 offensive rating and an 85.9 defensive rating against the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James I mean that it was It was dumbfounding to watch the Nuggets just throttle the Lakers in the way that they did, and the starters overall, they shot over 50% from the field, I believe, and the only offensive player who didn't have a great game was Torrey Craig, who only played 20 minutes and was just a monster on the boards and was able to get an assist even and was a great defender all night. I mean... When you look at just the basic raw plus-minus of each individual player on the team, which isn't always the best indicator for, for you know overall performance, but when you see every single player that took that you know played in this game in any capacity came out as a positive for the Nuggets, that means something. And inversely, the Lakers did not have one player have a positive plus-minus on their team. Again, this a full-fledged destruction of this Los Angeles Lakers team. Wancho was 5 of 7 from the field for 12 points, stayed in his lane, didn't force any offense. He had 4 rebounds, 2 assists, did not turn the ball over. Paul Millsap was 9 of 14 from the field. We'll talk more about his offensive game and how great he's been recently in a little bit. But 20 points, You know, 11 rebounds, 2 assists, only 1 turnover. Nikola Jokic, too, he was only 5 of 14 from the field, but 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 14 points, and and had a steal on a block for good measure. we talked about Torrey Craig and then Jamal Murray had 20 points, at 3 rebounds and 4 assists. Overall, top to bottom, I mean, it's hard to be upset with this Nuggets team and then when those starters are able to hold LeBron James at his 5 of 15 from the field. JaVale McGee was terrible. He was only one of four, really the only starter who had any kind of or the only two starters who had any semblance of a rhythm was Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, but neither of them were factors in this game because they were just getting destroyed on the other end defensively. Uh, Lonzo Ball did leave this game. Uh, he ended up tweaking his ankle, and it came out that he had a sprain. He got hurt, I believe it was the second quarter, went back to the locker room, started the second half, but got pulled about two minutes in, just did not look right. And it again, the starters were just fantastic. But where things really get juicy was... How much the bench just decimated this Lakers bench. I mean, the high score was Michael Beasley for the Lakers off the bench, and... On the high score for the Nuggets was Malik Beasley with 20. The Nuggets, let me see here, the Nuggets had 42, 49 points tonight for this Nuggets bench. They were just on fire. Uh, Malik Beasley led that charge, and we'll talk a little bit more about Malik down the line as well in this podcast. But 20 points on 14 shots, 2 of 6 from 3, and he was confident stepping into those 3-pointers. Had 2 steals, 4 rebounds, did not turn the ball over, and had a team high plus 21 in terms of just a, a raw plus minus. Uh Monte Morris too just continues to be phenomenal off of this bench. I mean, had seven assists, zero turnovers, seven points, and was just a dog on defense. Once again, Mason Plumlee filling in every gap possible, had a steal, had a block, had a, had 10 rebounds, had an assist, scored 10 points, was five of seven from the field. And then even the Nuggets, um, you know, the end of the bench players, Tyler Lydon had a three pointer and a dunk. Devon Okun Purcell got, got down, got downhill and had three assists on the night as well. So, Literally, every single player that played for the Nuggets was great in this game. And Denver overall just throttled this team top to bottom. It was great to see the Nuggets finally have their offense, defense, starters, and bench it all on the same page. And it's very, very scary to think about how good this team can be when everything is clicking. And we finally got a glimpse of that against the Lakers. For me, the next place to jump to has to be Malik Beasley because... It's really a testament, not just to Malik Beasley, but to the Nuggets training staff, how well he has suddenly emerged as a player. I mean, Malik Beasley is a legitimate NBA wing out of nowhere. He had struggles last year, even in Summer League, figuring out the right way to play. But it seems like Malik has finally found his role. His 20 points on 8 of 14 shooting were a career high, and it came a day after his birthday, which was even cooler. But... Really what sums up Malik Beasley for me is that he's just confident now. He started the season hot, and I think it set the tone for him for the rest of the year because for the first three years of his career, it'd be a flash in the pan of seeing the potential that he has, but it was never really able to come fully in the light. He would get into his head or start forcing things too much, or really was just trying to dominate the ball too much when his skill set did not allow him to do so yet, especially against NBA athletes and NBA defenses. So jump ahead to this past summer league and – Malik was still just forcing things too much, and Michael Malone had to pull him aside and be like, Malik, this is not how you're going to play for us. Play off the ball more. Play ridiculous defense. Attack closeouts. Confidently step into your three-point attempts. That's what the Nuggets need from Malik Beasley, and to his credit, he has come into this season, and he has been that guy. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. He has figured out exactly what the Nuggets need from him, and it's paying immediate dividends. I mean, he played 35 minutes last night, which was a team high. The Nuggets are relying on him, and honestly, there's no way that they would be 14-7 and seven right now if it wasn't for the fact that he has been so fantastic filling in for Gary Harris and for Will Barton both being hurt. The Nuggets needed more wing depth and more punch, whether it's off the bench or with the starting grip or however the rotation functions. They needed more in a big way to be able to stay above water because without Will Barton and without Gary Harris, the Nuggets are drastically less, you know, weaponized, I guess, or actualized. But with Malik Beasley able to come out here, and, I mean, he's hitting 36.8% of his threes this year. He's shooting 46.3% from the field. And he's throwing in 2.3 rebounds per game as well. I mean, top to bottom, he's been very, very good. And... Having him buy into his role in this way has completely opened up things for the Nuggets. And it gives them a depth that they just haven't had in such a long time. So this is as good as I can remember Malik Beasley playing. This is the Malik Beasley who was great at Florida State. And it's great to see him finally becoming that player once again. I mean, you want to talk about him learning how to play mistake-free basketball and not forcing things. He only has 12 turnovers on the year in 381 minutes. He actually has more assists than turnovers, and he is not necessarily known as a playmaking type of a player. So, again, just phenomenal play from him so far and he's getting a lot more run because of it i mean he played 62 games in 2017-18 and only totaled 582 minutes in 2018-19 so far he's played 21 games and is already up to 381 minutes he's only something like 40 points behind his career high in total points scored in a season he is absolutely coming along exactly how the nuggets had hoped and It's going to be very interesting what happens when Will Barton and Gary Harris come back and even Isaiah Thomas for that fact, what happens to the Nuggets' rotation because it's not just Malik Beasley who's been great. I mean, Wancho Hernan Gomez has been great. We'll talk about the Nuggets' depth in a little bit, but Wancho has been great. Torrey Craig has been very strong, and when you get Isaiah, Will Barton, and Gary Harris all back healthy – It's likely going to be two of those three players getting cut from the rotation, and Malik seems like he is fighting for that rotation spot, and right now, as good as Wancho has been, and as good as Torrey Craig has been defensively, I think Malik Beasley has been the best player of the three of them, and he's definitely been the most consistent, so... At this point, I don't see a way that the Nuggets can remove Malik Beasley from this rotation. He has been that good. He's been able to defend enough positions to play a full-fledged wing position. And it's been great to see his growth and maturation as a player. One of my favorite parts of um of the interviews from the game after talking uh, to Michael Malone and everything and after the Nuggets had beaten the Lakers was hearing Paul Millsap, who has known um, – who has known Malik Beasley for quite some time, talk about how proud of him he was. I mean, after the game, he was asked about it, and he was, And this is what Paul Millsap said about Malik Beasley. To watch him grow from that kid in high school to who he is now, it is a proud moment. He should be proud of himself. He has done a lot of work and put in a lot of work to become the player he is today. And for the soft-spoken Paul Millsap, that means something. And it's just so good to see... Malik Beasley fight for three years and break into this rotation regardless of the situation and turn himself into not just a legitimate NBA player, but a very helpful NBA player. The next player that we have to get to on this podcast is Paul Millsap because the man is just absolutely on a warpath right now on both ends of the floor, but offensively in particular, he has really found his spot within this Nuggets offense. For the first probably what, eight, nine games of the season, Millsap hadn't really figured out where he fit within this Nuggets offense. He even said after the Chicago Bulls game that he was kind of pressing a little bit and forcing his offense too much, which was something that he never does according to him. So for him to finally get a few strong games under his belt and finally find his spot within this Nuggets offense is phenomenal for Denver, and it's even better for Paul Millsap. So Over this 4-game winning streak for the Nuggets, Millsap is averaging 16.8 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 1.8 assists, with 2.3 steals a game and 1.5 blocks a game. What's even more absurd about this is that Millsap's averaging almost 17 points, taking only 10.5 shots a game. He's averaging, or he's shooting 66.7% from the field, and an identical 66.7% from 3-point distance as well. Top to bottom, man, Paul Millsap has been an absolute force for the Nuggets, and it has been one of the biggest reasons why the Nuggets offense has finally started to look like how they did last year, was because people are finally hitting shots, and no more is there this, let's just get the ball to Paul Millsap in the post, slow down the offense, and just let him go to work, because that's not what makes the Nuggets offense great. They're not an offense that can go in and play isolation basketball like that. They are so much more deadly when they're playing off of one another and having the ball moving. And Paul Millsap has kindly, has kind of figured out where he fits within that now. And again, we were talk I talked a little bit about his defense earlier, but His defense has been spectacular as well. I mean, over this last four-game winning streak, Paul Millsap has an individual defensive rating of just 94.8. Even more important is that his defensive rating is actually better in their two games on the road than their two games at home over that winning streak. He has a 95.7 defensive rating at home and a 94.1 defensive rating on the road. So... There is not enough good things to say about Paul Millsap. He has been phenomenal in so many different ways, and the Nuggets are not anywhere near 14-7 and 7 without all of the things that he has provided to this team. And even more interesting, Liam Doyle uh, tweeted this out on Twitter, and uh, there's been a lot made about how much Nikola Jokic has improved defensively, and I've tried to make the point that a lot of it is because of the weak side defense that Paul Millsap has provided, and this is a fantastic stat that perfectly articulates. That So Jokic with Milsap on the court with him, they have had 1,026 possessions already and are posting a 101 defensive rating. Jokic without Milsap on the floor, they have had 227 possessions, so about a quarter of the possessions, but are posting a 123.6 defensive rating. That means... Nikola Jokic defensively is 22 points worse without Paul Millsap on the floor defensively than when he is on the floor. Millsap has unlocked Nikola Jokic defensively. It is not a stretch to say that. It is not crazy to say that. Millsap allows this Nuggets hedging and blitzing pick-and-roll scheme to function. Without Paul Millsap's ability to plug so many holes defensively, there's no way the Nuggets are actually a top-five defense or, right now, the third-best defense in basketball. And he is the biggest reason why they have been so good good in that way. Gary Harris has been great in terms of playing weak side defense and even Mason Plumlee was on the floor with Nikola or whatever you wanted to make an argument for but nobody has been more important than Paul Millsap so far this year in t- <coughs> sorry, in terms of unlocking Nikola Jokic and getting this Nuggets defense to this elite level that they are currently at. So, even amongst all of those different good things happening for the Nuggets, there was still the one negative of Gary Harris missing his second consecutive game with left ankle soreness. While on the surface this may look worse than it actually is, I- I'm here to make the argument that things are going to be okay with Gary. So first off, from what I've been told, there is no internal worry about an extreme injury of any kind for with Gary Harris. It sounds like this is just typical being banged up as well as a little bit more of a rolled ankle and things like that that he has to just kind of fight through. It's not a devastating injury that could linger much longer than you know the next couple weeks. But what makes it so useful to be able to rest Gary Harris is is that him not playing in these past two games means he 's going to get six full days off before the nuggets take on the Portland Trailblazers to kick off their five game road trip, so getting Gary Harris back and mostly healthy with with some rested legs before taking on a division foe in the Portland Trailblazers and then going on a really tough five game road trip that 's going to be against Portland, Toronto, Orlando, Charlotte, and Atlanta. That's going to be very, very helpful. So it makes sense to sit Gary Harris for two games, and now the Nuggets are also able to carry confidence that they they haven't even reached how good they can be. So yes, they're on a four-game winning streak, but they're going to improve when Gary Harris returns. So this does make sense. This is not... A crazy worry that Gary Harris is much more injured than we think. This is him getting the most possible rest while missing the least amount of games, getting prepared for what is probably the most important five-game stretch of the Nuggets season so far. So I think it makes total sense. And plus, on the flip side of Gary Harris not playing, Tory Craig has filled in admirably. He was phenomenal against the Thunder. I mean, he had 6 offensive rebounds against them and was just a pest defending Russell Westbrook. And then jump ahead to the Lakers game. Tory Craig again had 8 rebounds, 2 offensive. He had an assist in the game. Um only took 2 shots and really just didn't get in the way and kept the ball moving, didn't make mistakes and defended his ass off. So, having Tory Craig play this well in Gary Harris's spot has been fantastic and now The Nuggets are going to get a mostly fully rested Gary Harris who is much, much healthier than he was to kick off this big time five game road trip they are about to embark upon. All right, let's talk about what is probably the most notable point of this Nuggets past, you know, couple games, and it is the fact that their depth has just been immaculate so far. When you hear that the Nuggets are missing Isaiah Thomas, Will Barton, and Gary Harris from the from their lineup, normally you'd be very very nervous, but In their place, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, and Torrey Craig have stepped up in a very, very big way. And honestly, when we've talked about how good they've played, and I don't want to get too much further into that. What I do want to talk about is how, how much this reflects positively on Tim Conley, as opposed to just how they're playing internally and how they're coming along, thanks to the player development staff. Because the Nuggets... When they first went to completely rebuild this team after after the Brian Shaw era and everything going you know bottoming out basically, they brought in Tim Connolly to you know who was a former scout to basically rebuild this roster as their GM and. What Tim Connolly has been able to do is bring in a wing depth that people just didn't anticipate being so functional. So, Torrey Craig was an undrafted guy that came over on a Summer League invite from Australia. Juanjo Hernan Gomez came over from Spain and was a middle first-round pick. And Malik Beasley, who was injured the second half of his only year at Florida State, fell down to the middle of the first round, which allowed the Nuggets to grab him. Otherwise, he probably would have been a higher pick in that draft. So... Without Tim Connolly's risk-reward kind of deals that he has been able to use to get these players, the Nuggets would not be anywhere near as good as they have been so far. Their depth has arguably been their most important help of this season other than their bench play, but those are tied directly in, and their defense is because they are descending waves and waves of dedicated defenders at their opponents, which, again, goes into the depth that Tim Connolly has created in his roster construction. And that's without talking about Monte Morris, who was a very, very late second-round pick, who was a four-year you know smaller stature point guard at iowa state who most people passed on and now monte morris is on path to have the best assist to turnover ratio in nba history he right now has 13 assists Against zero turnovers in the Nuggets past two games without Gary Harris, where he had to take on a lot more responsibility, not just with the ball in his hands, but just more court time, even. Tim Connolly has built this roster so beautifully, and now he's being the Nuggets are reaping the benefits of what Tim Connolly has given them in terms of this roster creation. I mean, their depth is just fantastic and. It's going to be very. Michael Malone said it in his post game press conference after the Lakers game. There are going to be some very tough decisions to make when everybody gets healthy, but the Nuggets would probably be much happier having to make tough decisions than having to worry about the fact that they just don't have enough NBA caliber players to keep up with that when people do start getting hurt. So this this depth may be one of the Nuggets' biggest strengths, and I can't wait to see what the Nuggets can do with it down the line. So the Nuggets are now on a four-game winning streak after just demoralizing the Lakers in Denver. And it's so funny because the highs have been so high and the lows have been pretty low for the Nuggets this year. But overall, the highs have been much higher, it seems like. The Nuggets started the season 9-1. and They then lost five of six games and are now on a four-game winning streak. While that looks like a very drastic dip and ebb and flow for the Nuggets, that losing five of six games, the only really bad loss in there was the Brooklyn Nets game. I mean, losing to Memphis by two points at in Memphis when the Grizzlies have been as good as they have been this year is not a bad loss. Losing to the Grizzlies twice is not bad losses because the Grizzlies have just been incredible so far this year. The Nuggets are not losing games that are really going to tear them apart later in the season, and they have been right there on the cusp of winning almost every single game they've lost so far this year. So this team is clicking at the best time and now over these past four games the Nuggets have the best defense in basketball by like six points they have a defensive rating of like 94.4 which has also led to them having the best net rating over the past four games as well at plus 16.5 the Nuggets have the third ranked defense the seventh the seventh ranked offense the third best net rating in the entire NBA which puts them as the number one net rating in the Western Conference they're on pace for like 53 4 wins right now and they haven't even figured everything out yet. They're not even fully healthy yet. This team is just moving through and co- and collecting wins over and over and over again and it's been an absolute sight to behold. This Nuggets team is legit, that's, the, that's the, the, the only thing that I can say. This team is absolutely to be feared, and they are demanding everybody take notice. And that is why, at the end of the game, when Michael Mullen was talking in his post-game press conference, he went out of his way to say that it doesn't matter if Warriors fans are here, if Celtics fans are here, if Lakers fans are here, they're going to hold the L on the way out. I mean, this team is absolutely steering into the skid of just trying to get under team skin. They are demanding their national spotlight. They are demanding respect, and they are out on a war path to prove to everybody in the NBA that they are not just a joke. They are not a team to overlook. The Nuggets are here to stay, and they are here to be, as Harrison Wynn put it in his new piece on BS in Denver, a nuisance or an irritant that is here just to bother teams and assert themselves onto their opponent. And now the NBA is. Taken notice, and it's awesome to see. And this Nuggets team, after all of the trials and tribulations to get to this point, deserve it, and they fought for it. There's not one person that can't say that they have earned the right to be able to start demanding these things. They haven't made the playoffs yet, You're, I, I get that, but they have consistently improved and improved and improved and improved, and here they are, ready to assert themselves as one of the best teams in the Western Conference. It is now time to get to all of the Twitter questions from everybody around the Twitter sphere that sent them in. Remember to always be looking for that tweet that I put out. I'll share it a couple times whenever I do this. Um, just asking for questions to answer on the podcast, and I usually get to between three and five. Um, today I picked th- I, p- I picked three today that I wanted to get to. Um, the first one is from Blair on Twitter asking, "Well, this is this is the full tweet." After blowing the doors off of L.A., ESPN showed two Jokic threes and then debated for 30 minutes whether. The LA loss meant anything. I'm curious what it'll take for uh, what it will take to flip that script where the talk is about Denver winning and not LA losing. Also curious about the outside perception of the Denver Nuggets team. I don't think that a team that has LeBron James in Los Angeles is ever going to not be the headline on ESPN and the main talking point no matter what it is. So it's just part of the NBA. It's a star-driven league. The Denver Nuggets are a more flyover city, and Nikola Jokic is not the most marketable star player in the world, and LeBron James is arguably the greatest player of all time. I just don't think that, flip, that, that script is ever going to flip. The only way that it's really going to is if the Nuggets, first of all, make the playoffs, but then make a lot of noise in the playoffs. Not just win a series, but push a team to six or seven games in the second series or even win a second series. That's the only way that the Nuggets are going to start not just getting exposure, but demanding exposure over the upper echelon teams in the NBA and over the star power that other teams have beyond the Nuggets. So it's going to take time for the Nuggets to be able to get that kind of a perception. It's just not going to come overnight, and it's going to take years and years of them being a very good team to get to that point. And even then, they're probably still going to get overshadowed just because of the Kevin Durant's and the LeBron James's and the Steph Curry's and all of those of the world that are going to take more and more and more. Chad on Twitter asked, now that the Nuggets have found a flow, how will players returning from injury impact that flow? Is it possible to be too deep? I do think that it's possible to have rotational issues because you are too deep. But I think that if you asked any coach in the NBA, all 30 of them would say they would rather have to make those decisions than to not have that kind of depth. So in, in terms of how the Nuggets flow may change I don't think it'll be that drastic for the majority of players I think the only player that it's really going to negatively affect in a drastic way is going to be uh Monte Morris and it's just going to be hard for the Nuggets to play four legitimate guards in their rotation in addition to Will Barton. I mean, playing Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, and Isaiah Thomas is just not a lot of size, and it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to put that rotation together. Beyond that though, I mean, the only other decision decision that's going to have to be made is which of Juancho Hernan Gomez, Torrey Craig, and Malik Beasley is going to get the bulk of the backup wing minutes, because Trey Lyles and Mason Plumlee are locked into this um, rotation, And then you also are going to have Isaiah Thomas and Monte Morris most likely locked into the rotation when everybody's healthy. That leaves just that 10th roster spot left for the Nuggets to pick somebody to fill into that rotation. It's going to have to be one of those three wings. So I don't think it's going to be a drastic detriment to the Nuggets to have to change things, but as long as Monte Morris is still in this lineup and as long as whoever fills in as that 10th man, that the, as long as they continue to play it the way that they have so far, I really don't have worries about that for the Nuggets. Uh the last question I want to get to is, it's from F G Z O on Twitter. He said, "Jokic seems disengaged on offense, lethargic, not moving quickly, not fighting for post position, settling for outside shots, staying too perimeter oriented. What is going on? Is his def- is his defensive aggressiveness leading to him being tired? Is he out of shape in general? It seems like something's up. Um, when it comes to him playing a lot more with with a lot more defensive energy." That could be taking away from his overall energy level in the game, but I don't see that being the excuse that should be applied. It may be a small reason why, but I think that Nikola Jokic is struggling right now because his shot is not falling, and before that, his passing was not at the same level as it has been in years past, and he's just kind of pressing a little bit. And thankfully, the rest of the Nuggets offense been able to pick him up. But I think that outside of Nikola Jokic's shot not falling, these past four or five games, Nikola has been very engaged offensively, I think. You keep seeing all the flashy passing come back. You see all of the the swagger in his game kind of returning. And I. while, yes, there he has been more on the perimeter and he has taken a little bit more threes and things like that, I don't think he's disengaged. I think that once his shot starts falling, you're going to see everything else open wide up again. And then you'll start seeing the triple-doubles come back and everything like that. But... He's just in a shooting slump right now, and every single player goes through a shooting slump. Nikola Jokic is not going to miss this many five-foot floaters. It just is not going to happen over a longer timeline. So just wait and see with Nikola Jokic. That's really all I got to say about this Nuggets game against the Lakers. I mean, I know that there was a lot that I squeezed into this podcast, and there was a lot of things to unpack, but... This Denver Nuggets team looks as good as they have been since the 2012-13 season when they ended up winning 57 games, flat out. This Nuggets team looks that good. Michael Malone is firmly in the race for coach of the year right now. The Nuggets bench and offense and defense are all clicking simultaneously. The starters are getting back on track. Paul Millsap may end up in the running for defensive player of the year if this keeps up, and I don't think it would be crazy if the Nuggets actually got close to you know, at least make to run at having the most wins in their franchise history and getting near that 57 win mark if they keep playing like this. There is just so much more untapped potential within this Nuggets team, and I cannot wait to see what they are able to do because they are getting closer and closer and closer. Um, also, shout out to the Regulators Production Group for for putting the beats together that, whereas the intro after the ad, as well as the intro outro of the podcast, they're all great guys. They all do great work. It's the Regulators Production Group. Definitely make sure you go out of your way to follow them on on Instagram. Um, it's Rod Box and Tune. They are just all over at the regulators. Again, go check them out. And also. Please subscribe to the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast on iTunes. Um, hopefully, I'll have it up on different platforms here in the near future. But as of right now, it is just on iTunes. Um, leave a comment. Leave a review. Um, tell your friends to subscribe. Click on subscribe and then resubscribe six times. I don't care. I just really, really appreciate everybody listening and everybody sharing the podcast and everybody taking part in this conversation because the Nuggets deserve the, the, the conversation. They deserve the commentary and they deserve people paying attention to what is happening. But we will be back with another podcast in a couple days. Um, Until then, make sure to keep it locked to Mile High Sports. Go check out the regulators on Instagram for all of their production. And then also go check out Terrapin Care Station for all of your cannabis needs. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Go when others don't and fly there with Aer Lingus. Our European sale is full of amazing off-season deals to over 20 European cities like Paris, London, Amsterdam and Dublin. Book today at aerlingus.com. Kiddo, did you get your home insurance yet? Hippo, why didn't you go with what we have? Outdated? Ridiculous. Our policy covers pewter, dishware, stock certificates, furs. Most home insurance policies are painfully outdated. Hippo is different, with more coverage for the things you actually have today. And Hippo can cost up to 25% less. I hear pewter's making a comeback. Visit myhippo.com to get a quote in 60 seconds. Hippo is a licensed property casualty insurance agent with products underwritten by various insurance companies. Covered subject to underwriting qualifications. Savings vary.